Today on the TPM podcast, Sean is joined by Alex Tatham, Managing Director of West Coast Limited, Britain's largest IT company. Well, I mean, straight off the bat, what I really want to know is how on earth you've got to be in the position you're in today, because I know you've got quite an extensive background, you know, even from the Ernst and Young days, um, you know, how, how did that whole progression go? Give me give me that story. Well, let me start with saying, uh, listen, I've been an accountant. I was almost trained as an accountant, uh, having read zoology at university. Uh, and if you look at that and you think, well, that's no background for running an IT business. Um, well, actually, it is. Yeah, I'll explain why, perhaps. But I think it's interesting to see how anyone's career goes, because there's no career that's ever planned. And I think that if I can advise any viewers listening to this, is you've no idea where you're going to end up. And actually, that's how it felt for me. Uh, I joined a business uh, heading up a new division that was in the IT distribution business. It just listed on the stock exchange. Uh, I set up this new business, uh, a new division rather. Uh, and uh, before I knew it, I was head of HR, which I'd never done before. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, uh, James Wicks, who was the boss at the time, said, Alex, I think you should come and run this European sales team, yeah, which had two people in it. By the time I finished with it, it had 30 people in it yeah, and, uh, and was turning over 100 million. And, you know, it, I did it from nothing. And had anyone told me how to do it? No, actually, that's probably the best advice I can give anyone is, is don't follow anyone else. Do it like you want to do it. And, uh, and I think that that was a really a joyous moment for me to realize that actually maybe I should have been in sales all my life. Uh, so uh, you know, as opposed to accountancy. However, one of the great things that I do know and I often tell my people today, particularly our sales staff, is know your numbers. And actually, understanding where you are against your targets, understanding where your customers are, understanding their financial statements and uh, abilities to be able to grow with you is a critical part of sales, I think. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, I don't think I've ever regretted my accountancy training, uh, particularly as I'm now dealing with three and a half billion pounds worth of business. And, uh, and that is uh, such a huge amount of money swishing through uh, a, a, a relatively small business. And I say relatively small, we employ 1600 people. Yeah, but nevertheless, as a business, it feels, it feels small and it feels like a huge quantity of money. And that's important. The county skills are still very, very important. So how did I end up here? I ended up here largely, I think, through can-do and enthusiasm, uh, and largely because I think that I really don't accept, well, that's the way to do it as an, as an answer. I'll just do it like I want to do it. And, and the good news is, is that I've got an owner uh, at West Coast that lets me do that. And it's that owner, Joe, correct? Joe Hamartin, now, yeah. He founded the business in 84. I've heard two variations on the quote that he gave you. Uh, one was uh, the only instruction Joe gave me was to grow the damn thing. The other um, variation of that sentence I've heard is Joe told me to grow the shit out of it. Uh, uh, I think both are true because both are the same instruction. The fact that both of them have got a, a slightly damning four letter word in it uh, 
it probably characterizes the relationship that I have with Joe quite nicely. Yeah. Nevertheless, a more polite version would be, Alex, yeah, your instruction is to grow the business to four billion. Yeah. And that is the goal that I had. And I started at 600 million. So I wanted to give you that sense of a level of growth that was 12 years ago. Uh, and that is the level of growth we had. It's largely organic. Uh, and therefore, it's been sales led as opposed to acquisition led. Uh, but yeah, the, whether it's grow the shit out of it, which feels as though yeah, there was some shit in it. Yeah, well, actually, uh, one has to be a little careful about that. Um, I think from my perspective, what's much more important uh, was that actually uh, give it the confidence and enthusiasm it can do to really be the UK's leading distributor as we are now uh, and, uh, and to be the, the largest uh, IT company in the country. And yeah, that's clearly one of the things that I'm you know, destined to do. So, I mean, that's, that's something in the range of 800% growth over those, what, 12 years that you've been running it. I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's extraordinary. And you are an acquisitive business. You have picked up other companies and brands along the way. Yes. But as you said, it's primarily focused on an organic growth, which to that level is, is relatively unheard of. Well, that's, that's kind of you to say so. Yeah, but that's like saying, that's like going back on what I just said, is, is that someone says, well, you can't go that fast because it's unheard of. You can't do that. Yeah. Well, look at your business, Sean. Yeah, you said that you started uh, a few moments ago with a few people. You've now got fifty-two of them. Yeah, you can do what you like. Yeah, if you're let, if you can do, and you can finance what, to do what you like. And actually, yeah, our outstanding finances here at West Coast have really sort of allowed us to build that growth, perhaps much more quickly. Uh, we've partnered with the right uh, suppliers, of course. It helps being an Apple and a Microsoft distributor, as an example, uh, because obviously we piggyback off some of their growth. And of course, many of the suppliers that we have also make lots of acquisitions, which expand a range of things that we are allowed to do and get to do. But a lot of the decisions that we've made are largely our own, and we decided to invest in things. For instance, you know, we didn't have a cloud business five years ago. Our cloud business is going to do 100 million. So that business, which effectively is we separated it out from the rest of the business so it gets the focus that it requires and isn't sort of held back by all the other metrics that, the, that a fast-moving IT distribution business has to do, yeah, well, that allows it to grow, grow on its own accord. Uh, and we've got an outstanding managing director there in Mark Davis who grows that business dramatically and really supports a, a wide range of different customers that we have today. So I think, yeah, that's almost a startup, except that we had a great relationship with Microsoft in the first place. That helps. That helps a little bit. I'm really, um, I'm, I'm really impressed by the growth. And as you said, with 1,600 people, you know, there are other IT services businesses out there that have got significantly more people, um, and the revenues are almost equal, if you will, uh, in the same lanes, you know, but with significantly more people, it's quite interesting when you look at some of these firms. I'm very interested in, in that relationship that you have with, with the founder, Joe. How, how involved is that day-to-day? -day? I mean, is he a mentor that you, you look up to on a daily basis? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice way of looking at it. Uh, Joe is you know, a, a fantastic entrepreneur. He's one of Britain's great entrepreneurs, by the way. Uh, and it's fantastic to work for an entrepreneur because as a business, 
that allows you to have innovative thinking all the way through the business. And that's one of our key values at the business that we really push that down to every single member of, uh, of employee that we have within the business, no matter where they work. Try and find something, do it differently, uh, innovate and do something that you'd like to do. Uh, and we really let and give them the freedom to be able to do that. Uh, I think Joe and I are very different characters uh, and very different individuals. Uh, uh, he would acknowledge that, I think. Yeah, but I think that actually has led to a, uh, a very good working relationship. Yeah, I very much enjoy. He sits, he sits next door to me at work when he comes into work. Uh, and he likes coming into work because I think that he gets a lot of energy from West Coast just as I do. Uh, and I think that's one thing that we absolutely share is to say, let's get the energy into our business and no matter where it is and no matter which part of it, uh, because I think that really yields a, a great sense of collaboration, a great sense of, uh, uh, of excitement within the business. Uh, and Joe and I rather enjoy that together, even though we may have different methods again. Brilliant, brilliant. One, one of the things that's been tremendous in seeing West Coast growth and, you know, in, in a previous life, I've dealt with West Coast as, as a customer in a previous life. You know, now, now there's, you know, other kinds of relationships there. It's really been fantastic to see the growth of that revenue and ultimately, you know, where that goes from the bottom line as well. It's been a fantastic achievement in how that company has has grown, you know, has has it always been plain sailing because the numbers are, are just trending up in the right direction year on year on year? Um, well, has it always been plain sailing? I'd say we've never gone backwards uh, by month basis. So always looking at a comparison uh, against you know, the previous year and, and previous years. Uh, and there is only four months in the past 12 years that we've gone backwards month on month, four months. Uh, and you know, that really fills me with horror when that happens, largely because there was an extra bank holiday or something like that that was in the way. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, uh, growth is the factor. You know, it's the only one instruction, as you said, that I've ever had. It's the only thing that I really, really uh, want to measure. Of course, there are other important things within the business, uh, but nevertheless, that is the focus. So if you're growing a business, you can grow it in all sorts of different ways. You can sign new vendors, get new customers, grow geographically. Well, West Coast have done all of those things. Yeah? And I think that we will continue to do so. Um, are there any constraints to our growth? Well, the joy is, is that we're a privately owned business, sure. And a privately owned business yeah, that has got great finance, good money in the bank, uh, to be able to do all of the things that we want to do We'll do anything as long as it's legal. Yeah, I mean, it really feels like that. And therefore, you know, can we use our warehouse for 3PL services? Well, we didn't do that uh, five years ago. Now we're one of the biggest 3PLs in the country. So uh, look at the configuration business that we did. It was previously something that our customers did. You probably did it, Sean, in your, uh, uh, in your business. Well, now most of that configuration is done at distribution level. And West Coast are configuring 5,000 machines a day. I mean, we used to do five. Yeah. So I think you just look at the, the way that the, the channel is changing and distribution is changing and the delivery of IT is changing. And of course, it's changing all the time. The joy is, is that we're in the IT industry. It's defined the last 40 years and it's going to define the next 40 years, which is going to sort out my career very nicely, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> well, you mentioned about having that goal of hitting four billion. Is that it? Four billion and retire, or uh, is there a new stretch goal? 
No, well, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can assure you it's a moving target, but, uh, <laughs> but that is a number that is etched into my brain. Uh, we're three and a half billion now. Uh, I don't think we'll hit four this year, but you never know. That's our, that's our goal. Uh, so we'll see how we get on. Um, and uh, we've had a good first half. So I'm hoping, I'm hopefully that, uh, that we're on track to try and get close to it, certainly. Uh, nevertheless, uh, for me personally, yeah, I really love working. I love what we do. I'm very proud of our company. I'm very proud of all the people that work here. Uh, and, uh, and I really want to make sure that people recognize just how well we've done and how well we're going to do. Uh, and I think that, you know, that there's no retirement never really sort of crosses my mind. Uh, I mean, you may have retired it when you're 28, Sean, yeah, but uh, sadly I'm 56 yeah, and I have no sign of retiring whatsoever. There's still oodles of energy to give. I, I, I will caveat that with it only took me a few months before, I, well, close to 12 months before I was bored and had to go and start something again. So it was never going to work. Uh, I think that my wife would say the same thing. She said, I do not want you at home. Get out and go and do something valuable. So, uh, uh, and I think she's absolutely right. I think I much prefer you know, you know, doing work. You, one of the questions that you asked here is, what is your opinion on a four-day week? Well, I'm like a six-day week, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I despise the long weekends because it takes me so much longer to get back to work on the Monday. Well, I, I think you're, you're, there's no question that you slowed out a bit, but holidays, if you think about, oh, I'm about to go on holiday uh, for a week. Uh, and, uh, and what happens, of course, is that you have to work doubly hard up to your holiday uh, and doubly hard after you come back from holiday and need a holiday to get over it. So uh, uh, yeah, generally, uh, it, it's important. But actually, you know, my, my family are... Uh, uh, a, a joy to be with so uh, you know it, it's great fun to uh, to be focused on family over holiday time and on the weekends uh, when you can I, I just enjoy working and I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the success that we've had uh, is it always easy no of course not but uh, uh, and of course uh, there are lots of difficult decisions that have to be made nevertheless yeah doing it with enthusiasm and creativity all the time is just a uh, a fun thing to do no matter where you're well, one of the things that I talk about quite a lot um, in this podcast with guests is the whole concept of work-life balance that, that people refer to. I've I've been going by work-life integration for the last few years. Um, I have a four-year-old son. Uh, my four-year-old son will often be found in the boardroom at once a week, just hanging out, you know, and really trying to balance and integrate those two sides of, of life, you know. Uh, how do you look at work-life Sorry? That's called homeschooling now, isn't it, Sean? <laughs> Yeah, I was hitting that trend before it was a trend. <laughs> how, well, how do you manage that? You said you've got a very supportive family. Uh, listen, I, I, I commute a long way out from London to, uh, to Reading most days. Uh, I think the general rule is, is that Monday you know, morning till Friday uh, evening is work time. Uh, and, you know, the, yeah, if there are things to do uh, during, the, during the week, you know, I'm often out to dinner with customers or dinner with suppliers. Uh, I'm out in the evening uh, doing that quite a lot. Hopefully, I can bring the family sometimes to do that, uh, but not always. And the IT industry isn't brilliant at that, uh, generally, I think. Uh, nevertheless, yeah, that's the rule that I've always had with myself. I think that's uh, something I gained, I think, when I worked for Ernst & Young, which I had to work much harder, I think, in terms of long hours mm. and sometimes pretty unsociable hours. So the joy of the IT industry, I think, is, is that it doesn't tend to work at the weekend as much. 
uh, and we don't, or our business doesn't tend to work too much at the weekends. We have uh, uh, our warehouse comes in on a Sunday uh, to do some picking for the Monday, uh, but generally, yeah, weekend time is for our IT team, funny enough, uh, to uh, to do a lot of their maintenance work on our systems. Uh, but as a sales organisation, the IT channel doesn't tend to do too much at the weekend, uh, and actually, as a result, yeah, that's been a, a ability to be able to wind down on a Friday. Uh, and have the weekend with your family. Uh, but I'm afraid I say to uh, to my wife, Sue, uh, whilst I love you very much, I'm up out to dinner. Thank you very much. <laughs> A very understanding woman, very understanding. Um, and, and it's something that we need when we're in these positions of running companies, small, medium or large, we need that supported back in at home. Uh, I think so. My, and, you know, my family have always given me that support, I think. Uh, very good. Our children are left home now, but... Uh, uh, but you know, nevertheless, you know, I think that's really important to be able to uh, to do that, and again, to to act with freedom to be able to do all the things that you need to get done and uh, lead in the way that you want to do. And I really enjoy going out with our team uh, in the evening here. You know, I still do that quite regularly, uh, and uh, uh, obviously not recently, but you know, generally that was uh, uh, that was my thing. Is that I like to make make sure that if, uh, if I get invited by a team to come out with them, I will always go. And uh, you know, I think it's really important uh, to do that. So I, uh, I really feel part of the business, if you feel what I mean, as opposed to someone sitting in a, in a sort of lofty uh, tower somewhere. And of course, I sit absolutely in the middle of the sales floor here at West Coast, uh, as does Joe, uh, as does our finance and operations director. There's no offices in the building. We don't have an open door policy because there aren't any doors. Uh, and uh, it really feels as though that it's a very egalitarian place. You can come up and ask me a question at any time you like. Uh, you really feel as though that that's the way that our business operates. And I think that's not the way our competitors operate. And I think we gain from that. That's really interesting, actually, because it's one of the things that I've always tried to do, which is, um, you know, even at the size of the company we are, is engage with every single member of, of staff. There's no, there's no borders. There's no limits. There's no doors, like you say, to, to prevent that. And one of the things, well, pre and post COVID um, lockdowns, I suppose, is that a lot of the feedback I was getting was you're literally calling every single member of staff, you know, throughout each month, every single member of staff, no matter which office they're in, because we've got an office overseas as well. You know, they're all getting phone calls. They're all getting meetings. And with a lot of people, they tend to see the CEO or the MD of a company as the person that you never get to speak to or you never get to see in most cases, and you being sat there right in the middle of the thick of it, that's that's inspirational in itself. Well, firstly, that's true. But of course, yeah, that you, we've got other offices around the country as well. And therefore, not everyone gets to see me. I mean, you know, it's half the company, perhaps. Yeah, nevertheless, uh, what we used to do uh, was, uh, and this was one of the things that I introduced, funny enough, was to get people engaged in our business. As a privately owned business, you know, people can't follow your share price. They can't follow the, yeah. you know, the news on the uh, on the uh, on the tickers. Yeah. So actually, yeah, Joe was pretty private. He didn't sort of tell everyone about what was going on in the business. And I think that that's what, what, one of the things that I differed from him to say. Let's just tell everyone and get people involved in the numbers in our business because if they see the numbers, they get more engaged with the business uh, and they can see that their success or their little bit of their, the thing that they do and where it translates to success. So we used to do a half-year update, very open update, ask us anything. You know, I stood at the front of the room. There was awards and all those things that many businesses do. What's interesting about the pandemic, of course, 
is, is that that transformed it because everyone you know, went home uh, and uh, we managed that very, very efficiently, very well, because that was our disaster recovery plan anyway. And, uh, and I started broadcasting to every single uh, member of the company every week, largely because, of course, things changed every week. By the way, they feel as though they're changing every week now. Yeah, nevertheless, every day, yeah, in the pandemic. Uh, the, um, uh, but nevertheless, uh, I think that yeah, engaging people and making sure that everyone sees how we're doing, how the board are making decisions, what decisions we are making, why we're making them, what are the numbers showing that we have to make the decisions we had to make, good or bad, by the way. Be honest, I'm really upfront with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, your employees to say, I'm afraid it's going to be bad news and this is why. Uh, and when you have to deliver that message, do you deliver it, you know, as honestly as you do with all the good news that you give them? So I think that happened. And we did that uh, every week, certainly for the first four months, I think, of the pandemic. And then gradually we started getting more people back to the office. Uh, and uh, we now do it, I now do it every month. So the state of West Coast every month. And, uh, and just about everyone in the whole company uh, logs in live on a Friday morning to uh, to see half an hour worth of uh, of the numbers and this is what we're doing and this is why and this is what's good and this is what's not so good and here's some great feedback that we've had from our customers. So yeah, I love doing that. Uh, I think people uh, enjoy it because otherwise they wouldn't log on uh, and it's not like it's compulsory. I promise I don't audit whether you've logged on or not. Uh, but, uh, uh, but one of the things that we haven't had since is well, I don't know what, how to know how we're doing. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going on. Well, of course they do know. Yeah, and uh, and of course those things are recorded, and therefore you can watch it through our internet at any time as well. So if you miss it, you can watch it at your leisure, uh, whatever. So I think that's been a almost a, a benefit of the pandemic. I think the communication from boards of directors and senior managers across the whole of industry has improved as a result of the electronic communications. Which of course West Coast are enabling anyway. Of course, of course you are. Um, no, it's interesting because we we were doing a similar thing throughout the pandemic, which is our monthly town hall. So very similar to what you were doing weekly, we were just doing monthly. Um, yeah, it, it worked for us. I'm very interested in that level of transparency you talk about there. The uh, Ray Dalio, famed US investor, you know, is, is is famous for being very open and transparent with everything that goes on in the company. There's yeah, anybody in the business can read transcripts of board meetings and transcripts of management meetings, so on and so forth. How transparent are you with things like finances to to the employees? Is it a bank? Uh, is it a bank figure? Is it a revenue figure? Uh, no, we give them. Yeah, we give them balance sheets. We can see they can see the uh, the, the finances each month of the management accounts. That, yeah, and obviously top top levels. And I try rather than give them the, lots of detail because otherwise that requires lots of explanation. And, yeah, generally we give them the high level numbers how we're doing, how we're doing against our budget, how we're doing against our targets, how we're doing against you know, who's doing well, who isn't doing well, why. Uh, and, uh, and I share that with the whole company. So, uh, uh, you know, in some cases, of course, particularly over the past 18 months or so, it it's really hasn't been you know, this, a particular sales team's fault that they have been behind where that they, we expected them to be because there's so much, you know, so, so difficult to forecast. Nevertheless, you know, as people come back to the offices, how what's going to change going forward? Uh, and of course, forecasting is extremely difficult, but it's uh, at least it gives a, a line of the sand. You know, your costs are, uh, are related to that particular forecast. And as long as overall you're hitting that forecast, uh, I think that then you, you can share that good news with your employees because 
that gives them some job security, I think. Um, uh, I think that I've always been extremely open with them and exact, told them exactly where we're doing. As I said, it may have been six months, it's now monthly. So, yeah, feels good. You talk about the, the home working and the remote working. You know, there's a lot of companies now that have just gone, right, that's the default forever and ever now. What, what's West Coast or your take on it? Get back to the office. Uh, that's what I'm saying myself, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, I'd like to see everyone back in the office. Uh, yeah. I think distribution and IT and our business performs better when we are all together, collaborating, bouncing ideas off each other, uh, creating some energy uh, around bell ringing. I mean, we're not allowed to touch the bell because it's got COVID on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like all that stuff. Yeah, and you know, there's lots of cheering and whatever. It's all gone away, and it feels offices feel slightly anodyne. Yeah, and I'm determined to try and get the energy back into the business. You know, as I said, I like to. You know, generally communication previously was me standing up and I got a very loud voice, so it rather helps. And I just shout all the way up the sales floor, say, "This is what we're doing." Yeah, everyone over the hill this way, please. Uh, and I'd like to get back to that. But of course, you know the office is only half full, so uh, that's uh, that's hard to hard to imagine. And everyone's covered in perspex half the time, so uh, yeah, it's a really, it's difficult. However, yeah, I am keen to get everyone back to the office safely, and that's the key piece. There is safely. I mean, as we're recording this, we're a few days away from nineteenth um, July, Monday, being aptly named by many as Freedom Day by summer's fear day what's your take on this i mean we've heard sadiq khan's going to keep us in masks on the tube i mean i try not to take the tube if I, if possible i usually uber but uh what's your take well, on all this listen i take the tube uh and i wear a mask and i wear a mask and i it rather upsets me when people don't um so we will be wearing masks when you are not at your desk uh around uh, at west coast and that will be man mandatory um the the warehouse uh, uh, wear masks uh, as they move around uh, the uh, the warehouse, and of course, above all, we've got to keep them safe because the warehouse staff have been the true heroes of our pandemic. Lots of sales staff and back office staff can work from home, but our warehouse staff cannot, and we've got to keep them safe because they really, really are the heart of our business. Yeah, and we have yeah, something like a million square foot of warehousing space across Europe uh, to make sure that our people there. I've got to remain safe because you know, if they're not there, we can't operate. And uh, and that's really, really important. And they have been magnificent during the course of this pandemic. Um, the rest of us will just have to lump it and keep them safer by wearing masks around the place. And that's what we'll insist on doing. Uh, and, you know, we are very vigilant about you know, people not coming in if, they, uh, if they're ill, you know, making sure that we just keep our warehouse safe. Uh, it's uh, it's too important to our business. So once restrictions are lifted, West Coast will continue to be mask wearing in the office. And we, and we insist upon it. Okay. That's, 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 again, it's focusing on that uh, being safe and secure and keeping everyone healthy. Is that something that you're going to be reviewing on a basis or is that just a from now on this way around? It's a, it's a really, really good point. We review uh, as a board and, and an operational board as well. So this isn't the main board of directors, this is the full operational board. Yeah. We have a COVID meeting every Wednesday morning, it's like a board meeting. Uh, uh, everyone dials into that and we talk about the issues that we currently have. We obviously, sadly, have turned our internal audit team 
almost entirely to return to the office and return to work team uh, who are monitoring all of our health and safety rules non-stop every day as the government advice changes, things change, and it does change. You know, last week, we were all saying Freedom Day, and that's probably when you wrote that particular question. You know, today, we're all worried about being pinged and there's no one going out at all. And, and, and that is a feeling more than it is a reality. You know, it's just, your feelings change. And therefore, if you look at your own business, uh, it's been a roller coaster ride of emotion over the course of the past 18 months. And I've no doubt, I'm afraid that's going to continue. So we will carry on meeting weekly, carry on making new decisions every week uh, and communicating that out to everyone to say, I'm afraid this is what we're going to do this week or yeah, masks off, you know, T-shirts on, let's go. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that I can't really predict on what's going to happen because, you know, otherwise we'd be in holiday in Ibiza. Well, well, let's hope this holiday that you're going on is going to be somewhere nice and warm. Lovely. Wales. Next year, then. Next year, somewhere a bit uh, bit nicer, perhaps. Well, and you say that, though. No? You say that. I'm sure that, you know, I'm a bit worried that we haven't allowed into Wales by the time I get there. So. Well, let, let us touch on what happened uh, in the last few days with the football. I mean, that's something that's, you know, as a nation, we're incredibly proud and we're behind our team. And I'm sure West Coast probably did something big in the offices around the football as well. You know, what was your take on England getting to uh, the position they did? Well, I was lucky enough to go to the England-Germany uh, uh, game, uh, which sort of was the most extraordinary experience, given that we're only 40,000 people at, at Wembley, only 40,000, you know, and given that we've h- hardly seen more than six people you know, in one place uh, over, the, over the past 18 months, uh, it felt extraordinary. Yeah, you can't sing in church, but everyone was singing their hearts out. Uh, uh, at Wembley, as was I, uh, and it was a wonderful thing. Uh, listen, football is a great uniting factor in our country, and therefore I think that uh, that's why I think uh, that equality is such an important element in any business, in anything that we do. Uh, and I think that the fact is is that there was racial abuse of some of our players uh, uh, after the final uh, shames our country and uh, and is a, a, a terrible thing. It is very, very important to our business that we have an equal business. And I really promote gender equality, particularly because I think the IT industry has got much bigger issue uh, with a male female balance than it does uh, an ethnic mix within the business. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, uh, I think that equality is really important uh, uh, to a business. I think it it enhances uh, a business. And if it enhances a business, it enhances a football team and enhances a country. Uh, and I think that, uh, therefore, that's uh, that will be my take uh, on the football. Of course, I'm very sad that we didn't win, um, but uh, but I was over it quite quickly. I think um, you know, as you mentioned, you're one of you're a very big proponent of gender equality in the IT yeah. business, you know, and and that's immensely immensely important, and it's something that we've, uh, as an industry, we've really struggled with. I think, and it's fantastic to see some of these awards, you know, the Women in the Channel awards, and we've had a few of our employees up for those uh, awards right. over the last couple of years as well, right. and it's and it's fantastic to see. What's West Coast doing to promote that inside the business, particularly at a senior leadership and a board level? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so the, the first thing is, is that we have a couple of initiatives that are really important to us. Firstly, I think that we do a lot of promotions in schools about the IT industry and making sure that we promote uh, IT as a career for girls in schools. It's amazing how few people go on to take STEM subjects at A-level uh, in schools. And we're very active in the Thames Valley 
uh, and various other places, funnily enough, talking about that. Uh, I myself uh, act as a uh, as an advisor to a school uh, on their careers path and their career strategy. We're one of uh, 137 showcase employers uh, for the uh, careers and enterprise uh, company in the country. Uh, really, that's what that is promoting the Gatsby benchmarks that all schools now have to uh, abide by in terms of their careers uh, um, education. So that's where it starts. Yeah, I, we then move on to say any senior employees and our our problem with our own gender equality at West Coast tends to be in the top quartile in our gender uh, gender pay gap report. Um, and uh, where there where there's an issue, you know, we are really trying to make sure that we recruit more senior individuals into our business at that level, a senior level that would fit into that top quartile. Uh, and the way that we do that is, is that every senior position has to have a girl on the shortlist, a female on the shortlist, and has to be interviewed by a female, interview has to be done by a female as well as a male potentially, but, uh, but they have to have a female in there. So that's something that I really, uh, I, I learned from, uh, uh, from another business, Sky, uh, who do that. And I think that's a really okay. important factor. Uh, and generally, of course, we are ruthless about making sure that there is uh, a pay equality uh, across the business as well. So uh, I think there are several things there uh, within our business. Uh, I'm, yeah, I look forward to getting more women on our board of directors. Uh, and I think that that will happen uh, as we get more senior women who come up and, and push for those positions. I think so. Uh, I'm looking forward for that to, to happen and we'll try and actively get that done. And I think certainly the way that we've approached this ourselves is that don't go for equality just for equality's sake. Don't just put somebody in that position because it ticks a box, which I think there's a lot of companies that tend to do that. We have a female in this position now, therefore, tick, we've done that. You know, it's actually try and find the right person, develop them internally if you can, rather than bringing them from external and, and like you said, they're sort of pushing them up into those leadership positions as they come through the ranks. Yeah, uh, as I said, we, we don't tell anyone that they have to hire uh, a, a female senior manager. They just have to interview one. Uh, and mm. if, funny enough, if you interview more of them, more of them come. Logic, right. I, I'm really, really interested, actually, in at what point in your career, coming from the Essen Young to where you are today, at what point did you go, actually, this is the role for me? Because you, you, were, you were in that accountancy based mindset yeah are you comfortable where you are now is this the role for you <laughs> well it's too late now <laughs> i've been the managing director of west coast for seven years uh and previously i was sales and marketing director and most people say well where did you where, how did you get to be sales and marketing director because you're an accountant uh, as i said to you it was rather luck than anything but what i think if i look back if i have any regrets in my career is that I wasn't in sales earlier because I really love sales. I mean, I really love it. Uh, and accountants, I mean, it's pretty rare as an accountant that you get a sales buzz. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no better feeling uh, when you come home with a big sale uh, and uh, you've done something really spectacular uh, than, uh, uh, than that. And of course, I've had several of those in my uh, career uh, you know there are lots of small ones but a couple of really really sizable moments that have been career defining for me and uh, and of those things I'm afraid as an accountant you don't really get that feeling of, uh, uh, of enjoyment so I look back on myself and say well actually I, I really like that I'm sad I didn't do that earlier in my career 
Um, uh, nevertheless, uh, how did I land this position? Well, I think it's probably because is this that I love presenting, I love you know, selling, I love speaking to customers, uh, I am enthusiastic and can do and will do. Um, and I think that uh, I've got great confidence in our company and our people and our ability to sell things that we've never done before. So yeah, I tend to sort of ask customers what their problems are and say, well, if you if I fix that for you, will you give me all your business? Uh, and uh, you know, I've been on a spin selling course like everyone else. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So generally, yeah, it really feels like it's a, a job that I really love. And I think as a managing director of West Coast, I probably spend more time selling to customers than any other thing that I do. It takes a certain mentality to be in that position, right? You, you've got to you've got to have something about you to get up and go every day and have that mindset. You really well, do. Of course, there are not facts. Of course, you don't get everything that you always want. But one of our yeah, you know, one of our key brand values at West Coast is being unrelenting. Do not give up. Yeah, you, know, you get a no there move around, find another direction, find a way of getting it, and we'll get there in the end. And it's how it feels. Uh, and uh, I think that that's how our competitors feel when they're up against West Coast. Yeah, they feel like just they're coming in like the tide. They cannot stop us. Uh, and, uh, you know, I often put a picture of King Canute uh, on, the, uh, on the wall for everyone. Uh, for those of you watching uh, who don't know King Canute, he tried to, uh, to say that he could control the, uh, uh, the tide. And funnily enough, you know, his feet got wet. Well, yeah, that is exactly like our competitors uh, with West Coast. And I think that our customers feel the, the onward surge and it just can't stop us. We are really, really uh, an unstoppable force and unrelenting. We just don't give up. So uh, so keep saying no, but we'll keep saying it. We'll keep asking. So, so you're, you're mildly competitive. I think we've, uh, we've picked up on that. God, I'm really, um, I really, really, really like it. I love winning. I just love it. I really hate losing. I cannot believe someone buys from anyone else. Uh, and I find that, <laughs> I find it calling. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I really, uh, you know, I love the fact that when we win and we're doing well and we just keep improving all the time, uh, it, makes, uh, it makes coming to work really exciting. What's been probably one of your best moments then in, in your career, be it West Coast or otherwise, that you've gone, that was a fantastic win. That was something where I'm going, yeah. We did it. I, oh, I did it. I've got a good story. Yeah, in that uh, uh, I think it must have been something like the year two thousand, maybe a little, maybe a bit earlier. Um, uh, the uh, uh, I have a great chum who is the boss of Softcat these days, uh, but was always uh, a rival of mine in distribution. Called Graham Watt, uh, and we've been friends forever. We got married on the same day and met on honeymoon, uh, and uh, and he invited me to a, a party. Uh, at his house, which was only around the corner from me in London, and uh, and he was full of the joys of because uh, he just had a great sale, a great sale, uh, and he had just signed Toshiba as a uh, a new distribution uh, contract with them. Uh, unfortunately, I had just signed Microsoft, and he was the, they were the biggest Microsoft player, and uh, and uh, that that signing of Microsoft transformed my career at that point. And I became head of worldwide software and uh, that business and really uh, made a, a, an extraordinary focus on Microsoft for uh, almost uh, 10 years of my career. Uh, was uh, was really defined by all the work we did in software. 
but uh, but whilst he had a sales buzz on, I had a bigger one. <laughs> Who are you competing against nowadays? Uh, we have three main competitors. Of course, there are more than that, mm-hmm. but there are three main competitors, uh, and uh, and they're all very good. Yeah, uh, uh, and Ingram Micro and Tech Data are just vast and global, um, and uh, the way that we compete with them is just that we are we have a slightly lower cost base, uh, and we are uh, very much quicker uh, and more nimble, I think. And as a privately owned business versus uh, a business that's sort of global, it, yeah, it's inevitable that that's going to happen. The, the further you grow, yeah. uh, surely the less nimble that you get. Although that we really try to retain all the uh, all the agility that we have at West Coast. The other key competitor is, is Exertis. Uh, they're part of the big DCC group. Uh, they're yeah, an extremely strong competitor, particularly in retail. Uh, and, uh, and those are the three that we up against every day. Um, but perhaps the biggest competitor that we have is uh, our suppliers going direct to the end user customer and cutting out the channel altogether. And what's interesting about that and i'm certain this is a feature of the uk and i'm certain it's a feature because west Coast is so good is that that has diminished over time i mean when i grew up dell were almost 100 percent direct and that was their marketing message now that they are more uh, than uh, than i would say 60 percent goes through the channel so it's a really big big change i think in their business and it's because the channel got more efficient they're faster. Their ability to be able to transact uh, is is outstanding, uh, and I think that that will continue. That trend will continue. So perhaps that's our biggest competitor, uh, and of course that will continue to be uh, our biggest competitor because a lot of our suppliers, of course, are, are much more powerful and richer and uh, uh, and more profitable than a, uh, a little old distributor. Uh, nevertheless, I think therefore we continue to have to sell our value back to them. And what about any major failures that you've had along the way here? I mean, it, you know, you've, you've grown extraordinary. Well, of course, there have been setbacks. Uh, there have been, you know, uh, contracts that we haven't won, that we think that we should have won or could have won. As I said, we're just unrelenting. So we'll just, you know, we'll say, well, it's, it's, it's not a no, it's a, just a not yet. Uh, and uh, and I think that that's a very good way of looking at it, um, because so we'll just carry on asking. You know, we may have a uh, a small couple of weeks of reflection before we go in and ask again. Yeah, and uh, and it's amazing, by the way, yeah, how that sometimes works, because you know they say, well, yeah, these guys promised us in a great tender document that they could do all these things, and the reality was different. And because we asked quickly and we were good in our tender, yeah, then they come back to us quickly as opposed to sort of go search us out because we're asking for it. Yeah, we can flick it uh, quicker than perhaps than we would wait for when the tender comes up again. And I think that's a, a key point. So yeah, to all your listeners out there in sales, don't give up. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can still do this. Um, personal setbacks uh, in my career, uh, I think that. It, the key thing is, is that when your company gets taken over, that's always a difficult moment for uh, someone who doesn't own a company. You know, I mean, your company, you sold your business uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden you think, well, what do I do now? And I think that when that happens, that's a, that's a tough uh, part of the, uh, 
part of your career uh, plan. Um, you can manage that pretty well, and I always and I think I have. Um, uh, I think the a financial crisis of two thousand and eight. I was working for a small business called Sims at the time, and you know I think that that was the right thing to do to cut costs. Uh, and I left that business and joined West Coast very soon afterwards. Uh, and I think that that was a sensible thing. Of course, it was a fantastic thing with hindsight, but you know, so perhaps you make your own luck sometimes as well. And it's amazing the more you practice, the luckier you get. Uh, I absolutely agree with that one, one hundred percent. One of the things I'm really curious about, and again, it's purely down to the size of the organization and what you've managed to achieve with said organization is how do you manage your time? Like, how do you go day to day with everything you've got to do and everything you've got to achieve? Are you, are you a calendar full, calendar empty? Are you walk around and just see how it happens? Structured, not? Uh, I'm just unstructured, particularly as an MD, I think. Um, I think these days the key is to make sure that you've got better people working for you to do all the things that you used to do. Uh, and as a result, your diary sort of empties. Uh, and you think, well, I've got to do something else now. So you know, let's create some more things to do. Yeah, you know, buy a business, set up a new division, do something, do something different. Uh, funny enough, I, only when I was at Ernst Young did I have a secretary. I've never had a secretary. Uh, so I've never had someone to help me with my diary. Uh, most people would say that I'm an outstanding organiser. I organise things and I get things done and, uh, and make it happen, but I do it myself. So actually, I do everything myself. Uh, I'm, I care about things. You know, I pick things off the floor when I see something, you know, some rubbish on the stairs. You know, I, um, I'm, uh, I'm not a person that, uh, that says, you know, let someone else do it, call someone. You know, I get it done myself. And if I see something, I'll make it done. I'll make it happen. Book your own travel and your own accommodation. I do book my own travel and my own accommodation. There you go. That's something not many people are doing. I don't have someone to blame. You know, I don't blame anyone. My, I love a premier. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you could go back to the uh, the U of Ernst and Young days and let them know what was coming up in the next few years, anything you'd particularly tell uh, the the younger version of yourself to watch out for or be aware of? Uh, uh, the first thing I'd say to myself, and I think I've said it already, is, is that you should have been in sales earlier. Um, you know, I was always quite a gregarious accountant, I think it'd be fair to say. Uh, and I was head of graduate recruitment, for instance, so you've got to recruit 600 graduates uh, into Ernst & Young, when you have to start with 10,000 application forms. Um, that's quite a lot. <laughs> quite a lot of interviewing. Uh, uh, so, but nevertheless... It, it, you can clearly see that I was doing things at Ernst & Young that weren't just accountancy. And I think that I look back with hindsight and say, well, that, what I was really saying, saying is that I wanted to promote myself and promote selling things. Perhaps, you know, I really enjoyed that element of, uh, of working at Ernst & Young. Um, I didn't, you know, I loved it there, by the way. I loved it. I thought they were a fantastic company. Uh, fantastic. I really enjoyed the partners I used to work with. Uh, uh, I often follow them and see them still, uh, and, uh, and I'm an active member of the Ernst & Young alumni. Uh, I think it feels like uh, a, a, a really quality business that, uh, that has some quality, quality people in it. And uh, it's lovely to, to stay in touch with them and the whole accountancy profession. So that's great. But going to sales is much more fun. 
So before I let you get back to uh, picking rubbish up off the steps and 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 uh, trying to hit that four billion, um, when you're doing these uh, calls to the entire organization, is there anything in particular? Is there any line or quote or or motivational piece? Because you're a very motivated and driven individual for sure, and that reflects with the business. So any words of wisdom that you give your team to uh, to pick themselves up and go harder? What I would say is, is that celebrate your success. Because one of the things that West Coast didn't do very well when I got here is to mm. celebrate success. I was often sort of, you know, admonished for, you know, when I was sales director, celebrating success too quickly. And I go, no, 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 you know, yeah, I moved on. We're going to be successful again next month. So we might as well do it now. So I think celebrate your success and enjoy yeah, the successes that you have at work because not everything goes easily and well. So make sure that you do that. But one perhaps thing that I particularly follow or want to say is be the leader that you would most like to follow. And if I can look at that as a, a way of looking at that, I'd say, who would I most like to be? Yeah, I'd like to to be the leader that everyone would like to follow. And I really hope that so that they both, in whatever management style that they have, yeah, that they can feel that and that's what they uh, should do. And uh, and that hopefully allows some latitude in most places. But I certainly think that I live by that. Well, you've got 1,600 people looking up to yourself. Who is it you look up to? Well, Joe, obviously, yeah, because, you know, he sets my bonus um, and, uh, and tells me to grow. Uh, or my, actually doesn't, he just says to grow more. You know, you get, so uh, uh, that's what he would say. Uh, but actually, Joe is a wonderful, it's great to be working for an entrepreneur. It's great to feel as though that you can do anything in different directions. The opportunities for our, uh, the IT industry are immense. And of course, if you've got a business that can go off in different directions all the time, that feels a very exciting place to work. feels as though there is always an opportunity every day. Um, as opposed to just doing more of the same. So I think that's one thing that I would uh, would look up to. I had a great uh, partner, a boss at, uh, at Ernst & Young. She was called Jane Green. Uh, and uh, another great thing that she said is there's no problem in business that's too big to fix. Now, actually, when you are stressed and doing, just recall those words. She's a really yeah. senior partner, a really, really brilliant partner who dealt with some very, very difficult company issues. Uh, at, uh, at EY on behalf of the firm. Uh, and when she said that to me, I thought, you know, I'm more, more stressed about small things. Don't get stressed. You know, sleep on it. It'll be better tomorrow. Uh, and perhaps that's uh, another great mantra that I can leave everyone with is to say, is, is that when you go home and you're stressed and you think, well, I'm going to jack it all in, I'm going to resign. I wanna... Don't do that. Make sure that you have a night's sleep yeah, because things look better in the morning. And, uh, and I generally, generally think that that advice came from my wife, Sue. So I would say that would be the final thing I'd leave you with. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Sean, back to me.